Our series counting down the best wide receivers of the insert era here continues tonight as we talk the best wide receivers of the pre-2000s. And my goodness, is it a great cast of receivers? This is the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, I will be your guide for all things Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including but not being limited to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. We're also on YouTube. If you would like to check out the podcast on a visual platform, wherever you get your podcasts, though, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, five-star, rate, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, make sure you're following me at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, we're going to go ahead. We're not going to waste any time, guys, because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of players to talk about here for the Arizona State Sun Devils wide receivers prior to the 2000s. I, I mean, seriously, like a huge, huge list of guys. So much so that I, I probably did almost two hours worth of homework here to try and figure out who was going to be at the top of my list and not. Now, while I did know exactly who was going to be number one, the way that I shuffled everyone after them, that was difficult, especially because contrary to belief, I don't know if if this is common ASU knowledge or if this is something that I was just ignorant of, but Charlie Taylor, somebody who I have been teasing for a while now, was actually a wide receiver in the pros. Not so much in college. In college, he played running back and he had he had like receiving touches and whatnot, but he was mainly a defensive back and a running back and also a third baseman for the baseball team before taking a line drive to the knee and ultimately ending his baseball career. But goes to the pros. He's the third overall pick by the then Washington Redskins. Ends up trans- translating to receiver in his third season and becomes just this absolute dynamite guy for Washington. Goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, but during his days at Arizona State, he was a running back. Not one that was like this statistical output monster, which is why I did not mention him on my previous lists. Otherwise, he definitely would have made some kind of an appearance. But yeah, fun fact for you. Charlie Taylor definitely played more running back. Some of my other honorable mentions I want to bring up here, Doug Allen, who played from 81 to 84, caught 113 passes, 1,928 yards, and seven touchdowns. So the seven touchdowns is what has him a little lower for me compared to other guys here. I think he's a very, very good player. I don't think he's one of those guys who was just blowing you out of the water with everything that he did, but the 80s was a different time for Arizona state football. Larry Mucker is one of the other guys I want to mention. Now Mucker was part of a very, very good wide receiving core that we're going to go through here shortly, but Larry Mucker, 90 catches, 1,692 yards, 13 touchdowns. He was basically the number two receiver 
in the famous 1975 Arizona State Sun Devils team. Very, very, very talented receiver. The guy who he played across with is number one on my list, but we'll get to him shortly. And then Morris Owens is the other guy I want to mention. Played from 72 to 74. In those three years, he managed to catch 84 84 passes, 1,744 yards, 17 touchdowns. He's got a career 20.8 yards per reception, which is the most of any Arizona State receiver with at least 50 catches. He also put up a 1,000-yard season with 11 total touchdowns in 1973 with a whopping 21.5 yards per reception. So uh, Morris Owens definitely ahead of his time. He was a really tough cut for me. The the guy I put ahead of him, I feel like you could have made an argument either way. I ultimately went with this guy because he he gave me he gave me the special teams value as well. So Morris Owens, super duper close for me to making that list. And he was one of the guys who got to play with Danny White. Left the program in 1974, which was right before that famous 1995 or 1975 season. So Morris Owens actually got to play on the same team as Larry Mucker and the guy who was number one on my list. Talk about a receiver room, but let's go ahead and get started on this list now. So coming in at number five for me is none other than Eric Gulliford. Now, Eric Gulliford is one of the more recent players here for Arizona state. He played from 1989 to 1992. During that time, he managed to grab two 800-yard seasons, uh, 2,400 receiving yards in his four years, and 11 touchdowns. Touchdowns, definitely not something that stands out, but he did have a really, really good 14.7 yards per catch. Now, what really stood out to me is his punt return ability. He fielded 71 punts in his four years, Took it back 665 yards for a very good 9.4 pop and two touchdowns. So Gulliford definitely brought a lot to the table in terms of being an explosive athlete for Arizona State Sun Devils football. He he had the honor and the privilege of playing with. Oh my goodness, this this is gonna bug me. Hold, please hold while I try to figure out the quarterback he played with. Oh, well, that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't have known. He didn't he didn't play with anyone worth noting. Grady Benton was his quarterback in his in his final season there. So he he didn't necessarily play with this outstanding cast of quarterbacks whatsoever. And he still found a way to produce. And he still found a way to be a difference maker for the team, whether it was through the air or in the return game. So I got I got Eric Gulliford coming in here at number five, just barely getting ahead of Morris Owens. I truly feel like you could probably flip a coin between the two. In fact, I'm almost regretting not putting Morris Owens ahead of him as my dog is squeaking her toy in the background. So I might I might need to make an amendment. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make an amendment because I've, I have a hard time leaving Morris Owens off of this list. So there you go. Amendment right in the middle. Morris Owens coming in number five for me. Eric Gulliford being my first honorable mention. I talked myself out of it. How about that? We're not even eight minutes into this podcast, and I'm already admitting that I made a mistake. At least I have accountability. 
That being said, let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to go to numbers four and number three, who will not be moving because I th- those ones for sure, I know how I feel about them. It was five and six that I was debating, and I'm ending up switching them anyways. So let's go ahead, hop into our first break. When we return, we'll go ahead, hop right back into this conversation. Of course, this is the Lock on Sundowals podcast. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was, I, I just, I hated taking pills and vitamins and I wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. Now I've been on it for weeks now and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I actually look forward to each morning. What is this stuff? One delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamin minerals whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and supports mental clarity, alertness. It's one of the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best products on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. And it costs you less than $3 a day. If you're investing in your health, it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional uh, insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. And again, thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sun your first listen every day. Remember, this is free and available on all platforms. But in news regarding the network, Starting Thursday, April 28th, be sure to tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And of those dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and the Locked On and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft, special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. Locked On NFL Draft Live will be on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be on Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. Make sure you check out the Locked On NFL Draft Live April 28th at 7 Eastern, April 29th at 6.30 Eastern, and April 30th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. The Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be April 18th, 22nd, and 25th. Now, without further ado, we're going to hop right back into this conversation where I'm not going to be making amendments to to my list here. 
I, I am happy with the way that this list is going to shake out for the remainder of the podcast. So going to number four, this was one that I was actually pretty excited to have this discussion about is, excuse me, I just totally drew a blank, J.D. Hill. Now, J.D. Hill may not have had the the most production in the world compare, comparing him to some of the other guys on this list. He only had 1,886 yards in his career on 115 catches, which gives him a really good 16.4 yards per catch. He did score 21 touchdowns. Oh, and he did this in three seasons. So averaging a little over 600 yards a year in the 60s, by the way. So 67, 68, he missed the 1969 season and then played 1970. He was putting up numbers in a run-heavy league. Not only this, he also ran the football, by the way. Totaled the ball 76 times in three years as a receiver, mind you. 606 yards, nine touchdowns. Oh, and he had eight yards per carry, including his 1970 season where he only carried it seven times but turned it into 195 yards and three touchdowns. His final season at Arizona State, he toppled 1,100 yards, 13 total touchdowns. This is when Arizona State was at its absolute best, was in the, was in the late uh, 60s, early 70s. This was the prime Frank Cush era. And J.D. Hill was a massive reason for that success. Even better is he ended up getting drafted fourth overall by the Buffalo Bills. So for, for what it's worth, this, this is when ASU was truly at its best. They, they maybe, maybe I'm biased, but they, they did have an interesting argument for being wide receiver U for, for a short period of time. They, they were putting guys in that were unbelievably talented. Morris Owens, one of those guys, Eric Gullifer, J.D. Hill. There's a few other guys we're going to talk about, including the number one on this list. Uh, Charlie Taylor, of course, but Taylor, obviously, like we mentioned, played more running back than he did receiver during his times at Arizona State. Definitely feel a little silly about that to this day. Neither here nor there. J.D. Hill coming in at number four for me. I feel pretty confident about that. The thing with him is a lot of his production came in his final year at Arizona State where he did catch 908 of his 1,886 yards in his career. However, what he did all over the field is what ultimately put him ahead of Eric Gulliford and Morris Owens for me is because he he toted the ball effectively in 8.0 yards per carry for his career on 76 touches. So it's not like he had one carry for eight yards. He he proved that he could be a valuable difference maker wherever Arizona State decided to line him up. So J.D. Hill coming in the number four for me. Number three. This is another more recent addition here is Aaron Cox. Aaron Cox playing in the mid-80s from 84 to 87. During that time frame, hauled in 136 passes, 2,694 yards, 15 touchdowns, a whopping 19.8 yards per reception. Again, this was another first-round pick, this time by the Los Angeles Rams, 20th overall. So Aaron Cox was another dude who proved to be a very valuable deep threat during his time at Arizona State. So I I feel like 
I, 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 sorry, stumbling on my words. I, I feel like he, he's another one of those guys who did a lot more than people realize and are willing to give him credit for. Because he played in that 80s era where ASU football was not necessarily the best. There, there was a lot of identities that the team was trying to go through. There, there weren't a lot of quarterbacks as we just took a look at. So what he was able to accomplish during the mid-80s, very impressive. To end his final season at Arizona State, 42 catches, 870 yards, 20.7 a pop, five touchdowns. During his stint with the Sun Devils, his worst yards per reception was 17.9. That came as a freshman on just 19 catches. After that, he turned it into 19.7, 19.9, and 20.7. He got better every year. Besides his junior year. Junior year, he did take a, quote, small step back. But that's also because the volume was a little less than the previous year. Went from 40 catches to 35 catches, but went from 19.7 to pop to 19.9 to pop. So, tomato, tomato. He didn't do much for you anywhere else, which is one of the reasons why he's not higher on my list, although number three is still a very good spot here. He really, he he just, he, he was a receiver, but he was a good receiver. And he was a deep threat. But he didn't have, he, he had one carry from minus six yards, he had four punt returns for one yard, and that's about it. So Aaron Cox, very much a quote-unquote limited player for Arizona State, just one of those guys who didn't get the same amount of touches and love that maybe another guy got, which isn't a big deal at the end of the day. But that would be why Aaron Cox comes in at number three for me and not a little bit higher. Let's go ahead, hop into our final break. When we return, we're going to go to my number two and number one players. Everyone should probably know who number one is. Number two, I feel like, is going to be probably predictable, but I am curious what everybody might think. But in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and hop into our last break. This, of course, is the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. BetOnline.net remains your number one source for all your betting needs, stats, and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys. No more, no more waiting. We're just going to hop right into numbers two. And number one, number two, this is the most recent addition in terms of this list. Number two for me, Keith Poole, playing from 1993 to 1996. Now, Poole had the luxury of playing a little bit of time with Jake Plummer, which included his senior season, I believe. Now I need to double check because I'm I'm questioning myself. Yes. Yeah. So his senior season, which was the year, remember, where he was he was third third place in Heisman voting, he was thrown to Keith Poole. Now, Poole was the leading receiver that year. He had 46 catches, 857 yards, and 11 touchdowns. 11 of Jake Plummer's 23 touchdown passes went to his favorite receiver, Keith Poole. Poole was a stud, too. The previous season, 
he had toppled 1,000 yards on 55 catches with seven touchdowns. For his career, he ended up, where did that place him? Placed him, I believe, third or, he, he was top five in receiving yards all time. I think he was fourth or fifth. I don't have the list in front of me. You'll have to forgive me. But he did finish his career in the top five in receiving yards. By the time he retired, he was number two, only behind the person who's number one on my list. But what he did for the Sun Devils offense was provide them with a number one weapon. He was he was very good at what he did and ended up going to the pros, was only a fourth-round pick by the New Orleans Saints. But what him and Jake Plummer did together, making their sweet, sweet music, a lot of it is because of how great Plummer was, right? But your quarterback can only be as good as his cast for the most part. And Keith Poole proved that he could be a go-to option for Arizona State and a guy who could stress the field too. Again, 19.3 yards per catch for his career. For what it's worth, he did tote the ball nine times, turned it into 219 yards and three touchdowns. So 24.3 yards per pop on the ground. Pretty good. Ends his career with a flat 2,900 scrimmage yards, 28 touchdowns, 2,900 scrimmage yards and 28 touchdowns. So Keith Poole, highly, highly productive. The most recent addition on this list dominated the 90s for Arizona State. Definitely one of those like nostalgic kind of receivers for the for the generation before mine. So like my dad and my uncles and aunts. If you guys are listening to this, hopefully Keith Poole brought back some fond, fond memories for you guys. And if you are listening to this, go ahead and text me that you think Mark Malone is better than Taylor Kelly so that we can start a fight again. Neither here nor there. Hopping into number one, everyone knows who it is. It's John Jefferson, and there's no debate either. John Jefferson, number one on this list for me, in his four years at Arizona State, hauled in 183 passes, 2,937 yards, and 20 touchdowns. Now, Jefferson's stats may not be the most mind-blowing in the world until you consider the fact that he played in the mid-70s from 74 to 77. He also was on that 75 team. That year, he had his best, uh, arguably his best season, 52 catches, 921 yards, and six touchdowns, a whopping 17.7 a pop. He also has one of the most iconic plays in Arizona State history, the original, the catch, against who else but the U of A Wildcats, back of the end zone. I know my favorite Uncle Matt actually has a picture of the catch hanging up in his work office. Basically, for those of you who don't know what the catch is, it was against U of A, and this this pass goes towards the back of the back of the end zone. I believe it's Danny White. If not, then it would have been Dennis Sproul. But so first of all, John Jefferson was what Odell Beckham is today, or I guess what he was when he came into the league in terms of like just that ballerina kind of receiver the ridiculous balance and body control, the way he could dance in the open field and make you look silly. That was John Jefferson. Dude was mad talented. But ends up, balls back of the end zone, kind of extends out like this, drags those toes down. If if you're, if you're on YouTube, you can see the way that I'm describing this right now. But if you're not on YouTube, that's okay. You can just close your eyes and imagine what I'm describing to you. But it was an insane catch. One that transcends generations. This was before Dwight Clark and the San Francisco 49ers. 
the catch. This was the original, the catch. So similar to how people in Alabama will tell you that they started Mardi Gras. This is how Arizona, Arizona State fans feel about the term the catch. The catch was John Jefferson. But even beyond that, Jefferson was a truly dynamic player for Arizona State. Well, well, well ahead of his time. Ended up being the 14th overall pick by the San Diego Chargers in the first round of the 1978 draft. Went on to have himself a heck of a career, too. So he he never he never made it to the Hall of Fame, and he only played uh, he only he only played eight seasons. However, he turned those eight seasons into 5,700 receiving yards and 47 touchdowns, which included three consecutive thousand-yard seasons to start his career, all with the Chargers, before moving on to Green Bay and ending his career with Cleveland. He was he was such 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 a good player. And he's one of those guys who's going to be towards the tippy top of my list tomorrow when we do the top 10 all-time Arizona State Sun Devils receivers. John Jefferson, truly a transcendent player, arguably the greatest Arizona State Sun Devils receiver ever. I would make an argument he might be the greatest offensive player ever for Arizona State. John Jefferson was that good. He, he truly was a transcendent type of guy. He was such a huge difference maker when he was on the field. It, it was one of those you had to account for him every single snap because if you lost track of where John Jefferson was, you were going to pay for it. Jefferson, number one on my list by a landslide. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this list, though. So thank you guys so much for making the Lockdown Sunnels your first listen every day. Free and available. Every platform you get your podcast: Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, we're also on YouTube if you want to check us out in a visual platform as well. Like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff. If you're on Twitter, follow me at RichieBrads36 and follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. We provide you guys with the greatest Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, baseball, and otherwise content in the whole world Monday through Friday. Do me a favor now. Make the Locked On NFL Draft podcast your next listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like the Locked on Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.